0: Blue on blue. Definitely not as sexy
1: as it sounds. I'm Kevin Leeson. Today we'll teach you how an emergency blow can save your life. I'm Chris Woods. I'll take defecting Russian submarine commanders for 500, Alex. I'm Toron
2: Atkinson. This show is guaranteed not to give you the bends. I'm Joe Foljam, and this is Caustic Soda.
0: Submarines. Bing.
3: Bing. Bing.
2: What is the three is that an mean? elevator?
1: Because it sure <laughs> didn't sound like a submarine to me. I don't what, know. Does it, what does
2: a submarine sound like?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. The only time you ever do your ping, ping, and a ping, ping is when you want to end up being shot at. Torpedo bait. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Active have been smart. It's very rare in the real submarining
2: world. I, I tip my hat to your submarine impersonation. You have totally destroyed us but uh, who
1: who do we have
4: with us today
2: <laughs> oh i'm not sure oh no wait yes I admiral
1: nimitz the <laughs> third
4: it's a total get that would be awesome that's right chris woods hey chris woods is back as previously heard on our art episode that's right our well-received episode Well, in our art yeah. episode
0: he was an actual artist why uh <laughs> why is chris with us today did you For bring your means. model
4: of a submarine that you made Do you have a a submarine model? I have several little models. Did you put them together yourself? I did. Right next to your TIE fighter? Well, I'm satisfied.
2: I think he's an expert. But Mm. I also have a hat. Oh, wow. That's
4: the qualifications that you, the listener, need to get (laughs) onto.
2: That's right. i at an
1: actual submarine museum. You know, I'll bet Admiral Nimitz doesn't
2: even have a hat. Wait a minute. I bet Admiral Nimitz doesn't even have a head. (laughs) (laughs) Anymore.
4: So let's do word origin, then. Submarine. Below the water. Uh. Done. Uh. And now I have Submarines submarine rock submarine terminology quiz. It's time for Stump the Expert.
2: All right, lockout. That's when you uh, throw a guy outside the sub and go underwater, and they die. That's a movie in a submarine with Sylvester Stallone.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think Joe might be correct. To put a diver outside a submarine while submerged. What? Why would somebody volunteer
0: to do that? Well, the Navy SEALs, perhaps? Yeah. Well, then they should call it just like, hey, walk out instead of a lockout. But more, they don't walk. Swim they out, swim less out. Less of a walk. Yeah. Less of a lock. Well, they're they not coming like, back. They're like, they're like, hey, get lost. ka It's like when your little brother, <laughs> <laughs> when your little brother hey, locks the door the behind out? you. Yeah. yeah.
1: Navy SEAL Lieutenant Joe. Yeah. Click. Put your gear on. <laughs> we do this to him every time.
4: Rain locker. A shower. Oh, you got it in one. Oh, did yeah. I get it? Wow. Oh. Oh. Shipboard shower. All right. Well That's exactly right. Blue on blue engagement. Oh, my God. <laughs> Friend- oh.
2: Friendly fire.
4: <laughs> this is a homosexual relationship with the blue man group
0: when
2: they're on the submarine.
1: It's shooting. I
2: uh, was going to say two guys who just haven't had sex in way too long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's in military maneuvers when you fire on your own team, I would presume. Because the other is, team is red. Your enemy is always red team. Two
4: or more U.S. ships believing the other to be the enemy and engaging one another. Ooh, friendly fire. <laughs> friendly <laughs> fire situation. Exactly. All right, Captain's Mast.
0: (laughs) Snap. (laughs) Too easy. That's like, uh, what's a porn movie version of The Pianist?
2: Just too simple. You can't even answer it. Did did you answer that in a Jeopardy fashion? You did. You said, what is? Yeah, I did. That's great. I am a Jeopardy fan. That should be the new rule. (laughs) Uh I'm going to say that's the Periscope.
1: Uh, is it the position that Captain stands on the submarine when it puts out to sea, uh, forward of all the masts on the conning
4: tower? No, oh, it okay. is session aboard ship at which the Captain administers non-judicial punishment. Oh, that's right. Or... Commends outstanding performance.
0: a oh, St- stand so, before the mast. Yeah, oh, okay, so right. you don't know whether you're, you're going to be punished new story, praised. Exactly. Oh, that's like the most painful like minute and a half of any crew member's
2: life. Obviously, does he flip a coin?
1: I think you'd have an idea though what why you're there.
4: Chris, you'll know this one. Emergency blow. <laughs> that's you chose, you chose no,
2: all no, these terms. Don't let, don't let Chris answer first. He's yeah, going to answer the right you, one. You 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 choose all these specifically because they sounded. Is there any blow that's not an emergency? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to go where everybody thinks I'm going to go. I'm going to say that's when uh, you absolutely have to punch somebody in the face underwater.
4: Mm. (laughs) All right, Chris, what
1: is it? It is when your submarine is in danger and you're X feet below the surface and you flood all the ballast tanks with compressed air and that takes you right to the roof. Pops you right to the surface, and you shoot out of the water like a big breaching whale. Ooh, Sploosh. Yep.
0: didn't they do that in uh, yep. in, in, in 100 100 October. October in the ocean? Didn't yeah. yeah. they Did do that in the
1: ocean? That's the one I do know because it's the one thing they tell you in a submarine documentary a billion times. I'll oh, yeah. Yeah. show yeah. you the All same right. footage of the same Los <laughs> Angeles
0: sub popping yeah. out of
1: the water and splashing. Well, it
0: is pretty cool. It is pretty cool when you see that. Yeah. That is one of the coolest visual things that a submarine can do because everything else, you kind of like, you don't really see any of it.
1: Except for going into a harbor. Look at (laughs) that slight bulge on the water. (laughs) Look at that magnetic field that we just detected passing below us at several thousand feet. Hot.
2: Listen listen to that sub. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's like I'm there.
1: (laughs) And that's just a guy at a microphone doing that so they know. All right,
4: here's the last one. Crush depth. Crush depth. I know this one. That's
0: where you go so deep that the thing gets crushed. Yeah. Collapses because it can't
2: take the pressure. The the hull of the submarine.
4: That's got to be it, right? Officially called collapse depth is the submerged depth at which a submarine's hull will collapse due to pressure. This is normally calculated. However, it is not always accurate. Submarines from many nations in World War II reported being forced through crush depth due to flooding or mechanical failure only to have the water pumped out or the failure repaired and have succeeded to service again.
0: Well, it seems like one of those things that you probably want to be a little extra cautious on. You don't want to like <laughs> yeah. know, think you know the exact We're line good. yeah, or just kind of be like ho-hum about it, like a little more blasé. than It's probably you should say, you know what, if we think it's 1,000 meters, let's just say it's 900. So if we dip down to like 920, we can maybe still make it.
4: And, of course, thalassophobia is the fear of the sea. I couldn't find any submarine-specific. But you could also have claustrophobia. Ooh, you you, had you claustrophobia
1: and thalassophobia.
4: You would be in big you trouble. You not want to work I the submarine. I think
1: submarines are probably responsible for a good tenth of all phobias <laughs> <laughs> that in the human psychological register. That would, like,
2: flip you around like a cat with like buttered toast strapped to its back being dropped like because you'd be like stuck inside this tiny little thing and be yeah. like oh my god I gotta get out of here uh, outside is water ah! yeah. oh and by the way your your
1: air is slowly running out the many layers of phobias oh and the heat is uncontrollable I was gonna
0: go with more nervous than a cat in a rocking chair factory
1: plus cats make terrible submariners <laughs> they don't listen to what they're told <laughs> flood the tanks yeah whatever buddy oh, <laughs> I'm gonna chase that rat that went behind the galley wall. Yeah,
0: yeah there was
2: <laughs> quiet. There's, there's yeah, that, sonar.
0: That... that scene in every submarine movie where it's everybody fair, has to be perfectly fair. silent.
2: Yeah.
1: It's the exact time the cat goes into heat. Damn! Why didn't we get her speed? Wasn't in the budget. <laughs> you wanted those tomahawk launch, vertical launch missiles. You just had to have them.
4: All right, let's talk about submarines then. Right. What do we got? Submarines Should we do... Historically?
1: ...are good. Go to the very first submarine? I couldn't be more bored by the very first submarines, but... It was called the Turtle. Seems to be the smart place to start. What was the yet? first
2: military submarine?
1: Well, the thing... The, so, let's talk about the Turtle then. Okay. That was meant to be used in battle, so if you want to... If you want to call it a military submarine, you're so more this than is, welcome yeah. to. <clears throat> this is the
0: first like a submarine that actually worked. This yeah, is 17- seventeen seventy five. Or a diving
1: it's bell or that sort of thing. This is a powered underwater vessel. Powered yeah. by feet.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a bicycle inside of a giant bell. It well, looks like when, a giant acorn, yeah. When, when was it? inside when, it.
0: When, uh, when did this happen? Seventeen seventy five. Yeah, a
4: Revolutionary War period. Okay. It had an auger. Uh, which is a, a big giant screw mm-hmm. and it was yeah, supposed to go underneath uh, underneath uh, another warship yeah and then it had a cask full of gunpowder
1: okay and a clock of some kind a timing clock All right. you would drill into go. the bottom of the ship and then you would detach the drill and then the barrel of powder would be attached yeah. to the drill bit and you would pedal away yeah while the timer was ready to go off
4: so what actually happened was <laughs> anyone the,
0: uh, was, there, was there more than one of these built
1: i don't believe so the uh, british i think the british navy who the, they were trying to attack the bottoms of their ships were coated in copper so there was just no way to get the drill auger to get purchase in the bottom of the ship yeah so they just he, kept again he's doing this by hand it, donk, donk, donk. He, he thought it would be
4: wood yeah and right. he just drill into it by hand <clears throat> yeah No go, (laughs) no go, Joe. And at that point, he was running. He's getting carbon dioxide poisoning. Yeah, running out of air, right? Because it's just the size of you know a a shower, basically a large shower. And so, what happened? Did he pass out and then drown? Uh, He just gave up trying to screw this thing and took off, basically. Mm -hmm. So he didn't.
1: He he didn't die. I saw a recreation of it on a PBS documentary that was very fascinating. Very difficult to control. Mm -hmm. Just imagine shape and it's the flooding in order to get it to sink and be neutrally buoyant it was just it i mean it's a miracle he didn't die just from getting into the thing plus your tights are chafing
4: you on your thighs <laughs> are there any uh wartime submarine battles you want to talk about
1: that were particularly deadly well in the civil war you had the uh the hunley which was built by the confederate navy uh-huh which was a like about a three or four man powered pedal powered submarine that was probably maybe about the length of a city bus Okay. And so they were the first submarine to actually sink another ship in battle.
0: Was this the one that had, like, a stick of dynamite way out on, like, an end of a stick off the front of the thing, and they just, like, pedaled right up to it and
1: blew it off? That's the one. And oh, then they nice. Never, and then
0: they, they, they didn't come back? Like it was sure
1: kind of, didn't. It was kind of just a suicide
2: mission, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. It wasn't yeah, meant to be. Yeah.
1: As, yeah. No. But it,
4: so it was failed like, at its mission. It was like a four-man to... torpedo.
2: It sunk twice, and the first occasion half the crew died during an experimental voyage, but then they actually went out and, and blew up another ship
0: i just I love this this idea that we 're going to stick a stick of, like a piece of dynamite on the end of a stick that's like ten feet out in front of us, and we 're going to blow up the ship that it were underneath, but it 's not going to
4: blow us up. funny thing about water and explosions yeah like, <laughs> passing
0: on I guess yeah, they probably didn't have a lot of science about concussive force and all the rest of that no. stuff.
1: watching a documentary yesterday I- about a similar submarine built at the same time in New York City by a German emigre named Julius Kruel who was something of a genius and he had plans for a military submarine that he took to the Northern Navy and they just sort of blew him off and then We don't need enough, your newfangled Yeah, this'll never work. Yeah. Posh, pish-tosh. Well, they were also seen as ungentlemanly ways of conducting war. Oh, you know, I for see. The surface Navy people. Oh, he could and just put a white glove on it and a little <laughs> motorized hand. <laughs> anyway, they said no thanks, and so he got private backing from a pearl company to build a submarine to search for pearls in the
2: Central American region. How about the uh, first submarine that didn't rely on human power for propulsion? The yeah. French Plongeur. <laughs> Launched in 1863.
1: Flanger. <laughs> the tidy bowl.
2: A, that's French for diver, so pretty creative name there. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It used compressed air at 180 PSI to get around, I guess. Oh, okay.
1: They, you talk a lot about submarines and wolf packs in World War II, but the Germans really had it down pretty well in World War I, in any case. and
4: They were and, the cream of the crops?
1: Yeah, and I believe they sank the Lusitania, which was one of the mm-hmm. things that started off World War II one right so they were they knew their stuff those those Germans they did not really know how to start a war yeah mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> their industriousness just takes them so far
2: unrestricted submarine warfare where they uh, sink merchantmen without warning
1: yeah and again a lot of the surface fleet you know the battleships, the admirals and such felt it was very ungentlemanly, Like, mm-hmm. old-timey navy, you get a flotilla of big ships up against another flotilla of you big ships. You spend
4: the most amount of p- money possible to yeah. destroy your enemy. And you and hammer you, it out. Yeah, and you
0: fire broadsides
1: and, you know, you... Yeah. Uh, swing a cutlass
4: on a rope yeah, over to the exactly.
1: neighboring ship.
4: Make people walk the plank.
1: Yeah, but I think once Germany... That's hard to do in a submarine, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> once the Germans figured out how well, how effective a weapon it was and with little losses at the time, yeah, it, everybody just sort of went, oh, well, I guess we're all <laughs> building submarines now. <laughs> yeah. What
2: ended up happening is the London Naval Treaty did require submarines to abide by cruiser rules, which is the rules that you have to pull up next to them, demand them to surrender, set, set their uh, crews in a place of safety, which is not a lifeboat. But because Germany just went, oh, we're just going to go kill everybody on these merchantmen," men, yeah. the, English, the, the, the English kept the rule, but... Instead, armed all their merchantmen, which made them de facto Spurs. naval auxiliaries, which took away the protection of the cruiser rules from them, so yeah. they didn't have to worry about yelling at Germany anymore for breaking the rules, because yes, it these were no longer unarmed yeah, uh, merchant warships. class ships. They yeah, became semi-warships and were fair game.
0: Yeah, except for the fact that the Germans broke the rules to begin with, yep. which is what led to that point, so... Rather than call them their rule-breaking.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they change outside the, the boat. So it's like <laughs> saying oh, nice. you're not allowed to punch somebody without boxing gloves, and then somebody does, and you go, well, give that guy some boxing gloves that he just hit. <laughs>
4: <laughs> now, I, see, I don't know what war this was, uh, this was, but I seem to remember that one of the other uh, gambits was when uh, the Germans were torpedoing various boats, ships. Whatever
1: You call submarines boats for some uh, reason in the nomenclature, no matter what their size. A right. submarine is always referred to as a boat. And a ship, a surface craft is always called a ship if it's above, you know, skiff size or, or something.
4: I'm not exactly sure whether or not they, the U-boats were firing on them with torpedoes or they would just come up to them. They would just come up to merchant ships, but it was like Transformers. They were warships <laughs> in disguise. Yes. So they had all these guns that were like disguised or otherwise hidden, and then they'd pop them out and yep. shoot Directly at the submarine, or the U-boat yes. that was like, you know, 40 feet off of the ship's bow or whatever.
1: Yeah, well, at the time, uh, a diesel electric submarine only ran under the water when it was making a stealth attack. If it, if, if it thought you were a soft target, it would probably right. just surface and use their deck gun to shell you into the oblivion. Right. But And that there being their mistake, they killed themselves.
4: Because submarines ran on diesel above water or at the surface. Yes. Um, but if they wanted to be sneaky, they would have to use their battery power. Yeah, which, which the diesels
1: would charge at all times when right. the diesels were running. But, yeah, you can't run diesel underwater because there's nowhere for the exhaust to go and exactly. no air to bring in to fuel the reaction. But then I guess they developed the
4: snorkel. The snorkel. Sh- that was World War Two,
1: <laughs> late right. World War Two, that they did that.
4: So you right. could charge your batteries underwater.
1: In theory, Yes. Well, I don't know much about submarine development between the wars, I think, because in theory, Germany was not supposed to be doing it. (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot right, of things that Germany was say. not supposed to be doing yeah. right before World War II. <laughs> Germany wasn't supposed to be arming the Spaniards either, and they did that as yeah. well. So sub-technology, I think, just kind of trudged along at I a th- steady th- pace. I think Germany
0: wasn't supposed to t- try and take over the world again, but they. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> there, were, it began, there were a lot of stumbling blocks. According to this letter, you're Germany's. not supposed to start any Reichs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Germans
1: keep were your, like the old keep west your cowboys. Keep to yourself. <laughs> Inalienable human rights. Reichs. What? <laughs> Did he say Reichs? Yahoo! Look, is it rights or
0: Reichs? We've got to sort this out. Jawohl! <laughs> one of my favorite websites of all time, badassoftheweek.com, which we've referenced several times on this show in the past. Uh, I just remembered they had a, a, one of the German World War I submarine captains. What was his name? Lothar von Arnold. that's a name and a half.
2: You don't see many Lothars these days. No,
0: no. It seems like it's like Mabel or, uh, you know. Gertrude. Gertrude. And I think there's one story in there about how he used up all his torpedoes, but he didn't want to go back because he still had plenty of fuel. So he kept going out and then he used up all his ammunition and his deck guns. And then like, he, but he didn't want to go back because he still had fuel. So he went out again on the same, he was completely out of ammunition. And he would bring all his men up with small arms and shoot at, Wow. other boats with small arms and lobbing grenades and stuff like that and so you like and then he would go back when they were all out of like personal small arms ammunition and <laughs> grenades he yeah, like, just knew his
1: wife was waiting for him at home with a rolling pin
2: <laughs> so yeah so if you want to check this guy out definitely
1: yeahas uh, a note about mm-hmm. him
2: that's on that article the he's the most successful submarine commander in history based on total tonnage sunk. Uh, he sunk 194 ships and destroyed 454,000 tons of equipment and supplies. And to this day, that number is roughly double the number of of the second guy on the list.
1: Yeah. Mm, so really
4: Macaroni. He was. Uh, and he sunk two icebergs. <laughs> yeah. And he slipped and Just,
0: died in the tub. No.
1: <laughs>
2: those don't count.
0: He's, Silence. He sunk two icebergs because he wanted like ice in his in his <laughs> scotch or something like that, like something super <laughs> badass.
1: <laughs>
4: Chris and I have both been on that uh, Russian submarine that was docked in New Westminster for a
1: while. Yeah, that was tours. A, a Russian Foxtrot, I think, a diesel electric submarine from the 70s.
4: If you've never been in a submarine, watch your head. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it could be confusing things, but I seem to remember they had, you know, when you went on the tour, they told you how to go through the doors. Because you had to go through the doors a certain way to not...
1: Yeah, because Not they're your non- around yeah. hatches. So yeah. a lot of the ways there's two, like a bar above it. So you grab the bar and you go feet first. You sort of swing through. Right. Ooh. but kind that of, sounds like sure a That takes and. a little bit of practice, I presume. <laughs> Speaking, uh, if I may, of the Pacific War, I was uh, reminded of the USS Indianapolis disaster, which was uh, a cruiser that took several of the Little Boy Bomb components to Tinian Island. Uh, before the atomic bombing of japan it successfully carried out its mission uh but uh as it proceeded forward to the philippines it had been given bad intelligence as to the the presence of japanese subs in that sea that was basically their nexus for attacking Mm. allied shipping
0: we spoke about the indianapolis way back in the very first ever episode of caustic soda shark attack
2: oh yeah
1: yeah so uh japanese submarine i-58 torpedoed the Indianapolis on, uh, like in a dark and stormy night and there was some question as to whether the captain had been negligent because when you know their submarine, you know, in a wartime footing you always take precautions and what the ships would do is take a zigzag course. Right. So they would change course every, you know, mile or two in order to throw off any tracking sure. ships and make it difficult for them to to design a track to shoot you with submarines. But okay. But, because of the conditions of the they weather, have a, they have like a six-sided
4: die, and every <laughs> oh yeah, every every mile, can't I? We're going yep. left.
0: If if Sean Connery <laughs> has taught me
4: anything, we call that a Crazy Ivan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> In any case, due to the weather, the captain Captain McVeigh decided to cease zigzagging and just plow ahead. Just go, mm. just make, make
0: make for home. He His overconfidence was as weak.
1: Yeah, well, he was heading for the, the <laughs> <laughs> in essence, he stopped zigzagging exactly as the moment this uh, Japanese sub, the I-58, caught it, and I hit the term, but it really was a perfect storm of Mm. This the the captain had the perfect approach. He had the perfect night. He had the perfect boat with the crew. They hadn't fired a shot in anger through the entire war, so they were just primed and ready to rock and roll. Mm. This the other ship, the Indianapolis, had no sonar, like it had no ability to detect a submarine at all. Yeah, we
4: talked about the pinging before, and when you're a submarine, you don't want to ping. But if you're yeah. a, if you're a ship, you want to be pinging all the time.
1: Um, sort of. Well, I, the big thing in all submarines and navy ships is passive sonar, so you just listen right. for sounds. Right. And so, whether they were capable of listening for a submarine, I don't know. But okay. Carry on. I saw the captain of the Japanese ship, who's still alive, be interviewed, and he said, "We're we're going for broke on this. We're going to fire all everything." So they fired a, a fan of six Take torpedoes. Take socks off. People were putting it in the tube. Yeah, we are going <laughs> to. This is a big target. You know, and we're going to take it down. And rightfully so, that was their job. Yeah. So they hit the Indianapolis twice and it sank in the space of about 12 minutes.
0: I think well over two-thirds of the crew in spite of the speed of it still made it into the water
4: to be eaten by sharks
0: later that yeah. day <laughs> yeah spoiler alert seems <laughs> like we talked about it in shark attack episode yeah. you
1: probably have an idea where this is headed it was particularly nasty and Captain McVeigh was court-martialed because of his supposed oh. irresponsibility mm-hmm. to his crew he actually did end up taking his own life over what he felt were his failings as a captain in that incident did he, so he jump into a shark tank <laughs>
2: The Wikipedia page says that a lot of the crew tried to exonerate their captain.
1: Yeah, they they did feel that he was not at fault. Like As I said, he just he had the odds stacked against him. He really just, there was nothing he could have done. He just got ambushed, flat, flat and simple.
4: Well, let's talk about Kursk then in uh, August 2000. Now, I watched two different documentaries on this, and they both had very different angles. Uh, but I think one of them was earlier than the other. Okay. By some amount of years. Mm -hmm. So the background is the Russian Oscar II-class submarine Kursk sank in the Barents Sea after an explosion. The investigation showed that a leak of hydrogen peroxide in a torpedo led to explosion of its fuel, causing the submarine to hit the bottom, which in turn triggered the detonation of further torpedo warheads about two minutes later. The second explosion was equivalent to about two to three tons of TNT, large enough to register on seismographs across northern Europe. I mean, I do remember this story when it first happened because it's a nuclear submarine.
0: So a lot of people were concerned about contamination, Mm. and you know it was a big deal in Europe. And uh, but nothing really came of that part of the equation, did it? Because I don't remember hearing any follow up about it.
4: No, they had uh, they had they shut them down.
0: Three eyed
2: fish can't complain. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I mean, did they ever? uh, What happened to this boat? Did they ever recover it, or did they like go down and they've gone down to to visit?
1: What I believe happened, what some of the scuttlebutt was, is that they were testing a new generation torpedo which cavitates; it creates a bubble of air around itself, Ooh. which allows it to move through the water like at like a hundred knots or like two hundred knots, crazy
4: speed, three hundred and seventy
1: kilometers an hour. Yeah,
4: just wow. Wow. Whereas wow. In the regular Four or five times
0: faster are than quite, anything, quite low. So quite it's slow. like it's like a
1: torpedo meets Aquaman. I think they may have been a victim of blue on blue. <laughs> maneuvers uh, or whatever it was. Maneuvers, yeah. perhaps. Because I think their their torpedo may have struck them. Oh, okay. An error, but I, I don't have the full details as to that. There, one theory was that
4: because of this weird explosion, one of the U.S. submarines that was in the area mm. thought that the Russian submarine was firing on one of the other U.S. submarines, so there was some firefighting mm-hmm. under, underwater and running away and the Russians took so long to even address yes. what was going on with their own people and, and the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, and, Everybody that, thought the worst, right? Another one of the theories is that they did actually fire one another, and Clinton and whoever, Putin, I think, mm-hmm. at the time, went into talks and tried to iron everything out and pretend that nothing yeah. happened to avoid World War Three. <laughs> yeah,
1: a little bit of the Bernie Bernie, yeah. boomy boomy. Mm-hmm.
4: So that's a theory. So the thing about the Kursk... It's huge. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's wow.
4: enormous. It's twice, over twice, the length of a Boeing 747. It's got two nuclear reactors in it. It had a sauna and a jacuzzi. Oh, it was nice. like the wow. USS Enterprise. This is like a Royal Caribbean oh, submarine.
0: <laughs> this is a Royal Caribbean undersea boat. And-
4: so, <laughs> despite a rescue attempt by British and Norwegian teams, which was severely delayed due to the Russians refusing them access, all 118 sailors and officers uh, died. And the next year, a Dutch team recovered the wreckage and all of the bodies which were buried in Russia. Another interesting thing about that is that when they were salvaging it, most of the submarine's hull, except for the bow, was raised from the ocean floor by D- Dutch marine salvage companies. The front section was cut off because of concerns it could break off and destabilize the lifting. And so how was it cut off, you ask? Yeah. Good question. Yeah, great that question. I'm Us- glad I asked it. Using a chain of drums... Covered with an abrasive, pulled back and forth between two hydraulic anchors dug into the seabed, awesome. took ten days.
2: Holy macaroni. Oh, so they
0: like wrapped a chain around and just rubbed yeah. the chain until like ru- seesawed the whole front <laughs> end off.
2: That's awesome. So it's like a giant chainsaw. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. L- literally chain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's kinda interesting.
0: You got a bunch of engineers sitting around a room at a boardroom table, going, yeah, "How exactly are we going to do this? How can we use we it? We ordered and- <laughs> it. We
1: haven't been using
0: it. <laughs> it seems like one of those things that, like, you always—they always seem to come up with the kookiest answer first. And I start to always think to myself." Uh, are they just daring each other? Are they just going like, hey, dude, let's do this. I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. Guess- let's totally do it because we'll never get another opportunity to try it, right?
2: Or it just could be the fact that, like, 80% of the Dutch population are engineers. So. <laughs> hey, let's uh, try this out. Yeah, I'll get my doctorate. I'll write it up. It's yeah,
1: right. Billy, come on. <laughs>
4: Is so anything we want to talk about uh, in
1: Disasters, oh, or should we take a There's so break? many Disasters, All though. right, go Look, for it. Name your favorite. Pick your, pick your top oh, Disaster. Oh, God. Well, you've got... Oh, well, I'm going to start from the number three and go to number one. Okay. It's okay. the okay. Death submarine countdown. Number three. <laughs> Actually, well, number three and number two are sort of tied for... Um, the United States Navy has only lost two atomic submarines according to them. Honey, since do you World know where I left
2: my submarine? I think you <laughs> left him on the table by the door. Uh, no, I looked I looked at the table. I where Are okay. you sure? Look again. Did Have you okay. checked the drawers in the bureau? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I left it on the roof after I went to the Tim Hortons. <laughs> <laughs> and this is America and there are no Tim Hortons. <laughs> uh, you had the Scorpion, you had the Thresher. I I couldn't tell you the. They're awesome sounding names for submarines. That's for sure. One thing we have to discuss that we haven't mentioned is that in the modern nuclear navy, you have sort of three sets, three types of submarines. You've got the ballistic missile carriers, which are called boomers, which carry Titan missiles that fire atomic. Warheads. Sure. They're they're designed to
0: get really close to an enemy nation and hit them before they can hit you back.
1: They don't even need to be that close from what I understand. They're... they're, Closer than America. They're Armageddon starters. (laughs)
4: Closer than America.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Then you have the subs that hunt them, the hunter-killer classes. Oh, yeah. The
4: hunter-killers. I love those. Reminds me of Terminator. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) So let's say we're looking at American submarines. Your big boomers are the Ohio class. uh, And there's about a dozen of those... Uh, give or take, then you've got the hunter-killer subs, your Los Angeles class, your Seawolf class, which are are you know hot rods designed to chase, hunt, and kill, as okay. their name states. Yeah. Right. And then, even though the United States Navy only has a few diesel-electric submarines, that's the third option is hunter-killer diesel-electric power, which are supposedly even quieter than the atomic submarines. Hmm. Although the atomic submarines in the U.S. Navy are are designed to be as quiet as possible. All the machinery is isolated on rubber pads, and they have an acoustic coating on them, which will absorb sound. And And the the big the Navy guys say, if you want to look for one of America's submarines, you look for a hole in the water. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I've heard it's that just so quiet. Okay, so and now it,
0: with that context, back yes. to our
1: disasters. Well, the two sub-disasters that the United States suffered, I think, were mechanical failures. They had the thresher and the scorpion both succumbed to faulty welds, Mm. which caused them to go past their test depth and become crushed.
4: That's the depth right before crushing depth. Okay.
1: Yeah. And one interesting fact that I heard is that, uh, uh, at least in one or not both of the cases, when they get so deep and the submarine is crushed by the ocean that when the water finally breaks in, the... Pressure is so great that the water acts like a piston inside the body of the submarine, and it compresses the air, right? Like in a car engine, and the air will ignite. Yes. Wow. So the sailors were Actually, not only crushed well, to death; they were too. They exploded, exploded. It's, it's, yeah, burned, super hot air. Yeah, like dropped into wow. the center of the sun for a second or two, and then that is not so, the way you want to go. Well, at least it would be <laughs> fast. Let's yeah. hope so.
4: Just one point on the Thresher. Located on the seafloor 8,400 feet below the surface in six major sections, the majority of the debris had spread over an area about 134,000 cubic meters. Ooh, square, meters. square meters. <laughs> square meters. Right.
2: Uh, well, ten uh, dimensional meters. 160,000 so, square yards for our Americans.
0: Fascinating. So, you know, funny, though, I figured that if you had a boat go below crushing depth, that it would become, like, super tiny. It would implode? Yeah, it would, like,
1: all of a sudden. The people would get tiny.
2: Yeah, everything would, like, <laughs>
0: and then you would, you'd have, like, a little ball of submarine at the bottom of the ocean, but, in fact, it, it kind of exploded, kind of, like, yeah, well, apart. once it breaks, yeah. Once
2: it breaks apart, yeah. So it does crush in, and all the sides will push in, but then eventually push so far that it can't take it, and... Pow! Then yeah. you have a hull breach. Then you have a black hole. And then, you t- and then you don't have that pressure differential between the inside and the outside. And Just all of a sudden the water rushes in. And once it's in, it has to go somewhere else and pff, goes out again. And
0: yeah. Well, it, it bits got, everywhere. It got blowed up real good.
2: Yeah. Good times. So what's
1: your number one? Number one. Probably the Glomar Explorer, which was... A oh, deep-sea
4: drill ship platform? That's right. Initially um, built for the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency Special Activities Division?
1: That's right, but obviously oh, not summary? publicly. It was a giant, like a, a mining ship, a huge ship that ostensibly was going to uh, go and hunt the Pacific for uh, some sort of fuel nodules on the, the floor. Like, basically, they made some shit up.
4: Yeah. Right. There's this
1: crazy mineral that you can find in that's formed by uh, undersea lava we're going to go and pick all those up and use them for use them for fuel. And instead it was a boat full of CIA operatives. Yes, because they knew a Russian submarine had sunk in that area and they pulled, to go get it. They pulled out all the stops and built a giant platform that they could uh, dive down to and put ropes and ties stays around and raise the German uh, Russian submarine up to get all its intelligence basically to, you know, Ah. Learn have they'll, everything and learn everything. They'll play so Howard Hughes's company. <clears throat> That's the,
0: correct. The fact that we're talking about this as a disaster, I'm guessing it did not go uh, well as well as planned.
1: They only managed to retrieve the bow, if memory serves, and didn't gain as much. I, I believe they were in the process of hoisting the entire boat, and it, most of it broke away, and so they got the forward torpedo compartment, and probably some of the sonar equipment and got from that whatever they could and then they gave uh, like a proper Navy burial to the sailors, the Russian sailors that they had found on board. So they've, there's footage of them, American sailors, giving Russian sailors a proper Russian funeral right in the middle of the Cold War. Like it's just mm-hmm. this crazy like, wow. you know, they're your enemy yet you treat them with respect. It's just like, well, because they're doing the exact same thing you're doing, right? Yeah, and it's just so crazy. It's just like, well, skip the sub part and just have the happy we're all friends part. <laughs> like, <laughs> can't you just stick with that? Anyway, it's a very fascinating, uh, very detailed and fascinating story. Project Submarine Fine Picky Uppy. <laughs> or Project Azorian.
3: Beyond on the sea, somewhere waiting for me. My lover stands on golden sand and watches the ships that go sail somewhere beyond the sea. I could fly like birds on high, then straight to her arms. news Beep.
4: Previously news November 2009 Two Japanese submarines designed to carry bombers to strike US coastal cities in World War II have been found on the seabed off Hawaii captured by the US Navy when Japan surrendered in 1945 but were sunk deliberately or scuppered <laughs> scuttled. <laughs>
2: scuttled. Scuttled. Not scuttled scuttled not
1: scuppered so wait 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 Scalloped. Two, there were scalloped.
2: The first thing you said, two Japanese submarines designed to carry bombers?
1: Yes. yes. That's like fascinating. fascinating. bomber
2: planes?
1: Yep. They have little hangars built on, to, on the surface. Oh, check out this picture. Little garage.
2: That's oh, awesome.
0: We got, we're definitely putting that up on the website, com. That is
2: crazy. So yeah. it's like an aircraft carrier that goes underwater, kind of.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, it was sunk deliberately uh, the year after the Soviet de- Union demanded access to them.
1: Huh. Yeah, the Japanese were very industrious. Their submarines were some of the largest of World War II and some of the most ambitious. They had the aircraft ones. They had uh, kamikaze torpedoes called kaiten. Mm-hmm. So you'd have you put a, a, a two, man, two, two dudes, two. and a giant torpedo <laughs> and say, Go get that ship. And darn it if they didn't. Oh. <laughs> That's double darned. Also, their attempts to use min- midget subs during Pearl Harbor, which was kind of a success could that that they understand.
2: Could that explain why the Japanese are so good at like computers and technology nowadays because they're like you know what if we don't make really good artificial intelligence computers we're going to have to be piloting these torpedoes. Uh,
1: <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. Let's get to it. They were very industrious uh, in that regard and it sure helped that they did what they were told. So, <laughs> uh, so the U.S. had like, the suicide stuff Pretty nice. Uh, works out pretty good. So the U.S. had
0: these uh, underwater aircraft carriers for you know a couple of years, and the Soviets said, "Hey, we're supposed to be on the same side. You should share that technology with us." And they went, "Screw this!" And
4: they sunk them. Yep.
0: No,
1: they- yep. Yep.
4: yep. The bombers could carry each. The bombers, which could each carry an 800 kilogram bomb, sat in a hangar and were launched by catapult. Mm -hmm. The Imperial Japanese Navy's I-401 was located in March 2005, but it has taken a further four years for them to find her sister vessel, the I-201. The Japanese wanted to use the superior I-201, which could approach the surface of the water, prepare and launch aircraft within minutes to launch rats riddled with plague, (laughs) as well as insects (laughs) carrying cholera, dengue fever, and typhus. Wow. But with the bacteriological weapons not ready in time, the target switched to Panama Canal. Japan surrendered, however, before the attack could be carried out. The crew of 144 had carried enough fuel to travel 3,700 miles and was triple the size of contemporary submarines. genius. Like, here's the thing.
0: You take this incredibly advanced technological thing and then you take, like, a medieval form of attack, (laughs) right? You're like, we can launch bombers from catapults off of submarines but we're not going to drop bombs. We're going to drop rats and insects with dengue fever. Like, It's so... That's a party. It's so stupid. It's so awesomely stupid. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right. Item number two. This is new news. <laughs> All right. In Honduras, has intercepted a submarine used to smuggle drugs from Colombia, government oh, yeah. officials said. Mm-hmm. Defense Minister Marlon Pasqua said Wednesday that five alleged smugglers were arrested after they scuttled the vessel, not scuppered, <laughs> scalloped. <laughs> When they detected when they were detected 26 kilometers off the country's Caribbean coast. So this is this is a drug
0: smuggling submarine? Mm-hmm. They're
1: scratch built. Scr- oh, scratch, what does that mean? Just, built from scratch? Yep. So, so they, they start with nothing. Yeah, they just get a bunch of workers who are skilled in steel making and welding and all the accompanying things and say, Hey, guys, we're going to kill you with AK-47s or you can build us a... shitty submarine that will allow us to smuggle drugs partially effectively.
4: They are asking for aid from uh, friendly countries to recover the vessel and the drugs. Uh, (laughs) Mostly the drugs. (laughs) He estimated it could carry three to five tons of cocaine, far more than the small planes and speedboats normally intercepted in the area. Although this is the first time honduras has intercepted such a vessel ecuador seized a large homemade submarine in a marsh near the colombian border in july 2010 that was designed to carry as much as 12 tons of cocaine lesser of two evils would you rather die in a sub accident or not necessarily an accident but a sub or uh killed by a comet a near-earth object
0: Oh, to, uh, to, yeah, back
4: yeah. to our meteorite near Earth object yeah. episode. As we know, if it's large enough, it could ignite the atmosphere and boil everyone alive. Yeah, and we did have that. Uh, or you could just be hit in the head, and
0: yeah, we. I mean, we did have that. We did have that picture of that car that was hit by a meteorite that the entire trunk was kind of like semi halfway caved in. And that, yeah. and so, seeing as that was like a 1978 Impala that was made out of like sheet steel, I'm sure it would do uh, do some pretty sweet damage to your skull were it to mm. strike you.
4: So probably turn your head into a fine mist.
1: I love the submarines, and dying in a submarine would be cool.
4: It's a dream of yours. Yes, <laughs> that's how you want to go. You don't want to go on, on your on your bed of cancer. Yeah, you'd much rather die in a crushing depth yeah. submarine accident.
1: But part of the ethic of dying in a submarine is usually that's kept kind of quiet. We <laughs> hush those things up. We don't want to tell the general public uh-huh. people died on a submarine. Uh, example of which being. Uh, Something we forgot to talk about in accidents, if I may digress very briefly, was the uh, uh, Los Angeles-class submarine that was doing test maneuvers with uh, VIPs on board off the coast of Hawaii. Uh, decided to do an emergency blow. After. Very imploded persons is that what VIP yeah, yeah, yeah. stands for? <laughs> they checked the surface for contacts, then they went down deep and did an emergency blow and came right up to the surface and managed to crash right into a Japanese training fishing vessel full oh! of Japanese teens. Wow. So this captain, the worst luck ever.
2: <laughs> yeah, an entire ocean surface empty yeah. of ships
1: and of a, a boat full of cute <laughs> Japanese children. <laughs> bashed to bits when
2: did this
4: happen
0: wow
1: this was uh within the last decade oh wow well, okay so anyway, they we're positing that you're on a boat like this this is happening to you <laughs> no well i presume it would have to be in a submarine so if yeah. you were on a submarine you probably have reason to be there also if you die they're not going to print your name so because you- it probably happened in some way that they don't want anybody to know about right so you're and you decision- want to you want
4: to have an anonymous death
1: I want my picture in the effing papers, oh, man. Oh, I
4: see. So you going the other way.
1: If I'm gonna die well and also getting dying in a submarine, eh, that's pretty much guaranteed. You're in a submarine <laughs> long enough, you're gonna die. But getting hit by a comet or a meteorite you, you've entered the you know, you're one of the big boys now. Once I guess that's you, true, yeah. You, you've you've gone way out onto the into the perim, to periphery of probability. So you're choosing the come back with a prize.
0: You're choosing crushed by an uh, object from outer space. Yeah. Fair uh, I yeah.
1: think on the cool factor and the notoriety factor, at least, I won't be a name in a military action report somewhere. <laughs> at least I'll get, you know, Cool, <laughs> oh, yeah, if Chris was killed by a meteorite, A.K. or a comet or some other space debris. But what if we recovered your body from the wreckage and gave you a I burial? I was buried at sea. <laughs> I could live with that.
2: You know. <laughs> I, I can think of all the different the the variants in in the openness of this question. Like I could die in a sub, say at Disneyland, because mm-hmm. they have subs. <laughs> that's bad. That, might and not, again, they're might gonna, not be they're, so bad. They're, they're you could choke on a submarine sandwich in any way. <laughs> that would be a good way. You, know, you could be and watching actually, Yellow Submarine and die from boredom.
1: <laughs>
2: or just you know get a contact high from the people who made it. Oh my God, I'm ODing. Oh, the colors. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the standard definition of uh, some kind of, um, for some reason I'm on a military sub and it gets crushed or we, we just by a torpedo or we, yeah, we get stuck at the bottom of the ocean and I'm waiting to die when the air runs out or, and I'm also going to say the comet is like a, not just thunk hits me and I'm dead. I'm talking about (laughs) oceans set on fire, that kind of thing. Uh, and when it goes that way, I have to become, I have to care about other people and I have to go, you know. The, the comet's gonna wreck so much and even though i'm dead in that instant before i die it, i will at least be happy knowing that the rest of the world is not screwed up so i gotta mm-hmm. go with the sub accident
1: also you could die from radiation poisoning radiation burns and all we forgot that, yeah. oh, that yeah. old that old that old magilla yeah all that wonderful radiation but then
2: it's just me and the crew as opposed to you I know suppose. hawaii is now sunk under the ocean well, There's what if no it was more. a
1: joe size meteorite Right, and yeah. it was really valuable. Then so I'm, they named
2: it the the, the Fulgum if, if we're talking about I get hit and I die and the world is yeah, fine, yeah. then I'm going to go for yeah, I want to okay. die from something astronomical. So yeah, it depends on which way we go. Okay. But if so, so if we're many talking, variables. If We're talking. It's just me in either. Let's say for some reason I steal a sub and I'm an idiot and <laughs> again you trip in the shower. So boom, in both ugh. it's just me. Then I'm going for the comet. <laughs> I spent too much time in, in the jacuzzi yeah. in the
1: curse. In, in, no, in the in the, in the Rain locker. I'm, I'm so wrinkly, I'm slipping all over the place. Gee, Joe's really enjoying his clam chowder, he's turning blue, <laughs> loves it so much. <laughs> uh,
0: so I'm gonna go with um, here's I'm gonna qualify this as well. Uh, not nearly as long as either Joe <laughs> or Chris did to do it, but I to me, it completely and entirely turns on exactly what kind of submarine accident it's gonna be. Okay, If 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 it loses the ability to you know, its motility or whatever, and it just you know, you can't surface and you're just running out of air and, you know, life support fails and blah, blah, blah. And there's no way and they you, can reach you. And there's no way they can reach you. And you just kind of like everybody just sort of like mm-hmm. lays down and goes to sleep and then they don't wake up. I'm gonna go with that one because that sounds pretty easy. Yeah, but
4: that's gonna take ten days. Yeah, but still,
0: you know, I mean, you got ten you're playing days. playing tic tac toe on be, a submarine. With hey, these it's gonna be like ten days. Fifty of Babylon. other guys that you. It's gonna be like ten days of Babylon down there. i to say you're not say coming yet. to the surface, right? It's fuck fest at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> yeah, surface. it's like blue on blue on blue on blue, blue on blue crime blue all over again, right? <laughs> so, <clears throat> if if that's the case, then I'm going with the submarine, right? But if we're talking about that that. Going below crushing depth and your your seals fail and this water comes in so hard and so fast that it ignites the air and you have this, you know, sort of uh, being, I believe Chris termed it, being dropped into the center of the sun for a second or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's the kind of submarine accident we're talking about, I'm going with the meteorite because... So, so you think the meteorite would not be incredibly hot? No, it would be incredibly hot, but it would be... Quicker? Uh, quicker like there's a, there's
1: an opportunity i don't think the the heat or cold it's more the ballistic yeah uh, there's effects.
0: a there's an opportunity that that that, that meteorite is going to be like you know softball sized and it's just going to hit you and it's going to do to your head what it did to the trunk of that car mm-hmm. and there was no there were no scorch marks on the trunk of that car it was just crushed <laughs> okay so you know then then if that's the case then i would go to meteorite so i have i've qualified it and i would, could go either way
1: can I my my meteor's too cold? Can I? Have that <laughs> I'd like to out? send to send this meteor back, please.
4: Torn. I want to get hit by a meteorite so hard.
1: <laughs> How hard is it that I
4: become want? part of the meteorite? Oh, so
0: they put you on the display can't... and you're like dangling from it. Yeah, it's like a meteorite instead of your
2: head. They can't. Yeah, they call
0: you meteor for, man for whatever reason. One hundred
2: percent of its of its kinetic energy tra- some, somehow through the magic of physics transfers just to your head, and it stops. It hits you and stops dead, just like one of those crazy little ball things they've got that go knock your back. Executive and, ball the executive ball yeah. things that right. knock back and forth. and your machine. head goes flying off, and in its place now <laughs> is a head shaped meteorite. I'm with you on that. Yeah. And For
4: whatever reason, they can't separate the two. Yeah, and this is your this spine is, is fused because of the heat, and this is made of solid iridium. In honor of so they
2: keep it attached. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Corn would have liked it this way. We 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 heard it on this episode. This is was his all last right. dying wish. This is wish fulfillment <laughs> done and done. Let's oh, take right it for after a submarine, submarine ride. All right, pop culture, they'll put you in state like Lenin. <laughs> Scientists yeah. will all walk by and pay their respects. <laughs> That would be pretty awesome. He was, a, he was a great voice for making fun of science.
1: <laughs> I think they just use you as a bow figure on one of their like. Put it on the submarine. Just nail you to oh, the conning yeah, tower. Oh yeah, good too. Then, mm-hmm.
2: Like a like a I get
4: that way. I get both. Century mermaid. That's right. <laughs> all right, pop culture then. All Yay.
0: right, so okay, so You can't have any submarine topic of conversation without bringing up the Hunt for Red October. Yeah, has got to be the greatest submarine. What happened of all in time, that one? Right.
2: The Russians built a. Silent sub, so it could move around uh, using a new propulsion system and couldn't be detected at all. Did apparently, it go
1: to Caterpillar Drive it was based. Caterpillar The drive. platform was the Typhoon class submarine built by the Russians. Supposedly, one of the largest submarines ever built. And Sean Connery played a Russian, which was now, a double-hulled uh, nuclear missile carrier, a boomer now,
0: type the sub. Typhoon class. Does that exist in real life? Like that actually yep. exists? Yep.
2: And yep. that looked like that. Yes. Okay. Yep. They I, just re- all they did was they replaced the drive system. I well, just glued some actually, shit on the
1: model. Yeah, I actually
2: had the old drive system on it, right? Because they had to yes, engage yes, yeah. the caterpillar drive, conventional
1: yeah. screws, and uh, everything.
2: Yeah, because
0: so, I did wonder that when I was watching that movie, whether or not that was a made-up submarine or if that submarine actually existed. The, I, I don't.
2: It does I think the caterpillar drive was a that's theoretical? A they, said, yes, they somebody thought of it, but it, it didn't work. Or yeah, something It's a like theory that.
1: that's been floating around for a while <laughs> in the submarine build engineer community.
2: Right. Yeah, and so the plot of the movie is that. Sean Connery's character is the—is it the captain of of a? Yeah, he's a Lithuanian
1: subcommander whose wife has just recently died in a poorly run Russian hospital, and I—I I don't know—he wants to defect. He basically mm-hmm. has had enough of the Russian system and saying, yeah, I'm...
2: I'm going to defect and I'm going to take this boat with me. Yeah, precisely.
4: It's <laughs> not enough that I'm leaving. I'm taking my toy with but, me.
2: That's right. But the problem is that he, well, because it, of the be- secrecy and because of how silent this is and because there are other Russian subs out there, he can't just go, oh, okay, now I'm out here, America. I want to come up. It has to be all dealt with, you know, underhandedly and secret yeah, messages. Yeah, certain and
1: leisure domain has to be... Stuff like that. Yeah,
0: well, the premise is, is that... Um, or the premise that, that Baldwin uses well, he can't just, like... A surface in new york harbor everyone's gonna think world war three is starting right? yeah so mm. that they have to like make contact secretly
1: well and the russians would obviously know that the americans had the submarine and say hey we want that our back, submarine please. back
0: mm-hmm. yeah so okay so that's that's one of the top of the heap of the submarine movies what is the bottom I, you mentioned yellow submarine a few minutes ago is that the worst <laughs> well, submarine movie of all time
1: a movie that I just, I cannot bear, because even though it's a comedy, it's called Operation Petticoat. It's got uh, (laughs) Cary Grant and uh, Tony Curtis. And for some, whatever reason, they get a boatload of women on their submarine, and oh, they paint it pink, and it all just goes crazy. Oh, I think I've seen that, actually. There's just, for a submarine movie, there's just nothing in it for, you know, a 12-year-old boy who wants to see ships blowing up and (laughs) scenes shot through a periscope. It's all this 50s era... On double entendre and back and forth is, is and, you know, it's like Three's Company on a on a submarine. If I filled a
4: rom-com and the entire movie was shot through a Periscope viewer, would you watch
1: it? <laughs> only if they get blown up by torpedoes. Yeah, only if they get at, the at the very end. <laughs> right, right during the climax. <laughs> well, it takes place like they're out in a little paddle boat on, you know, the park in Central Park, uh, the lake in Central Park, and you can... I don't know, it's nice, 90 minutes, they learn to love. It's <laughs> like my dinner with Andre in a boat.
0: I don't know about a feature film. But das the, dinner with
4: Andre. This <laughs> has the
0: makings of an incredibly uh, good short. <laughs>
1: uh, Crimson Tide is very bad. Oh. Oh, is it? From a Submariner nerd perspective. Oh, yeah, but there's a, there is a great
4: speech. Wasn't that a coming-of-age <laughs> story with a young girl?
1: <laughs> well, that's where I lost all faith in Gene Hackman as a bright, shining Hollywood star. He really, Was that before or after Superman? That was well after. after Yeah, Crimson Tide is like 93 or something like that. It had Denzel Washington.
0: Denzel uh, Washington has a great speech in the middle of it, though.
1: Gene Hackman is the tough sea captain who won't listen to his subordinates because what the hell would they know? You know, they've only been trained and brought here. uh, They're the best people ever. Mm -hmm. And he has a dog on the submarine, which is really unbelievable. That just wouldn't happen. It's
2: time to run silent. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) Well, and it's this, you know, and he's... Obviously, you know, he's obviously insane, the character. But they okay. don't really do a very good... And and if he were, he would have been removed almost immediately. Right. At the first sign of his, his dog pissing on the floor in the submarine. <laughs> yeah. Was well, it a wiener dog? He's out of there. It was like a Jack Russell or something. Uh,
2: okay. <laughs> a yappy breed, Because
1: I had actually spoke... I went to see a Los Angeles-class submarine that was docked at Esquimalt Harbor... Here in Canada's biggest a, naval base on the west coast, and it had
0: a pack of wild dogs in it. That's right, all Feral. of a sudden, it ran crimson tied. I had no idea, it was so accurate.
1: The I talked to one of the sailors who was just on the dock because you couldn't go on board, but um, unless you brought your swimsuit, that's right, <laughs> or my, my Popeye suit. Well, guys, I'm going on board. <laughs> <laughs> He said to me that the oh we just got a new captain because the old one got fired because one of our the nuclear technicians fell asleep at a station for 10 minutes or something on the last cruise. Right. So, if you fuck up even the like the guy had a nap. The guy <laughs> took a nap. <laughs> yeah, and this guy but lost his, his command but because his he job wasn't doing was his job.
2: nuclear technician. You know,
1: mm. And that's why. Yeah. So if you let a dog piss on a submarine floor where you've got billions of dollars worth of very sensitive <laughs> electronics and yeah. all kinds of things and you're just you're not gonna be out there running a ship running a boat for that long.
2: Now I will note though that despite what you say, uh the movie did get an eighty percent positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I think as an
1: action film it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. I think as a from a nerd perspective, it just It's just that same old dynamic of Grumpy Captain, he doesn't wanna Follow the rules. He's a rogue. The CO, the XO mm -hmm. trying
0: to... It's formulaic. There's no doubt about it. But there's a couple of good speeches. I see. Here's the submarine (laughs) nerd to my right. It's like, I can't believe there's a dog on that boat. Writer. Writer (laughs) nerd on the left going, there's some good writing in that movie. I kind of
1: like the the monologues. I mean, it's so much better. Like in Hunt for Red October, for instance, you've got uh, Scott. Was it Scott Glenn who played the... I think so, yeah. yeah. Captain. I think they I called had, him John Glenn a couple minutes ago, yeah. but yeah, it was Scott Glenn. The dynamic between him and his crew was very realistic. Like he was the man in charge, and there was no doubt that they trusted him to the you know to the ends of the earth, mm-hmm. and that he was competent, knew his job, and would always, always make the right decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to contrast that with Crimson Tide, which is just it's such a and I'm sure in the Navy real shit happens that you never hear about. You know, I'm sure just. Mm. Uh, just a rule of numbers. There's going to be a sub captain goes crazy. I mean, that's going to happen, obviously. <laughs> but if you want to make a movie about, if you want to make a movie about that, make a movie about that. Don't throw on all the other right. tactics and the I mean, I war fighting at the same time. The but, one
0: interesting thing about Crimson Tide is that it's a submarine movie where it has nothing to do with a submarine trying to sink another submarine or a submarine much. trying to be sunk by death charges because the whole thing basically plays out like a one-room play right like well, yeah it's, it's all, just a battle of wills it's a battle kind of, of wills internally right and they're all like on the sub and trying to uh you know let's fight it out figure it out between each other so it was kind of it's an unconventional submarine movie
4: in that sense and i yeah. think that's what probably a lot of people liked about it it's so. a submarine movie about nothing
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> raiders of the lost ark
2: yeah, oh, he, yeah that's right he straps to that sub and doesn't he go across the entire Atlantic in it or, well, they, or something like that?
1: Even though in the movie they show the sub diving, I presume that the because of the time, uh, World War II submarines yeah. would travel on the surface unless mm-hmm. they were in an approach for an attack yeah. or they right. they were under attack. So even if they dove, they would have only... There's, there's no reason that they would have dove. They probably would have dove to escape the ship that they had just... Uh, acquired the arc from right to make a stealthy escape but they probably would have come back to the surface very soon if indy could have held on to the periscope for an hour yeah right they would have surfaced and he could have just rode along the the clincher with that though is that they would have had lookouts on the bridge yeah Yeah. place a permanent four or five guys with binoculars looking for surface ships right
0: yeah so that they know they don't get spotted. Yeah.
1: Although it wasn't a time of war for them officially, but still. So it's kind of, if he managed to squeeze himself into some sort of uh, tight space or stand there and look like a...
0: That is a classic example of suspension of disbelief. That yeah. The whole rest of the movie is mm-hmm. so awesome that you just don't care. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. You
1: just have to assume he held on to one of the control surfaces and just sort of dragged in the water. Where nobody saw him. Yeah, and no, it was it was nighttime. In the novelization,
4: Indy lashed himself to the periscope with his
1: bullwhip. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was the Mediterranean, so if he didn't die of, uh, his biggest thing would have been dehydration. Well, the well the ocean wouldn't, in mm. theory, wouldn't have been cold enough to induce that, but you would have been awful thirsty. Yeah. I want to talk about Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. All right. Okay. All right. And the Nautilus. The Nautilus, also
4: list. featured in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen,
0: the yes. Nautilus comic reference there. Hmm.
1: If I may interject, the Nautilus was the name of the actual first atomic submarine, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. first atomic submarine who uh, transited beneath the polar ice cap, the Northern Polar Ice Cap. So they disembarked from San Francisco, uh, went direct north, went right under the pole, and then they stopped and they transmitted. Uh, SOS. N- nautilus 90 north which meant they were right at the top of the at the, oh. the of the top of the globe and then yeah. they came back and did a triumphal return into the city of new york
4: right on that's pretty cool yeah and sadly james mason wasn't there as captain nemo <laughs> like he was in the movie Twenty Thousand Leagues Under in the sea and the nautilus had a pipe organ in the movie yeah you nice. may recall
2: uh, <laughs> and they I fought don't. a giant squid so how about, I, I still haven't seen it. I'm very bad. I actually own the DVD of the director's cut, and I've been scared away by the five-hour length. Uh, mm-hmm. Das Boot, has anybody seen that? Oh, of course, yes. yeah, multiple times. It's outstanding. Yeah? It is outstanding. I it hear is. it's great. It's
0: probably the greatest submarine movie of all time. I, I would I, agree. Some people put it, I've seen it on lists of like ten greatest movies of all time.
4: Do um, they go to crushing depth?
0: Oh, yeah. They, they get, do. They, 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 don't they don't
4: get crushed, but
0: they... The, the whole plot is they get trapped at the bottom of, uh, of the sea. I'm trying to figure out. For a goodly amount of time. For a goodly yes. amount of time.
1: It Five is. It's hours. very accurate and very frightening. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, and it's it, all in German. If you're claustrophobic, yeah. you probably cannot watch this movie.
1: Hmm. And like, you get to you see guys peeing at the very beginning on the road. Yeah. It, it, it's <gasps> one so of those films. Into, if you're into Golden Showers, it's got something for everybody.
0: <laughs> if If you're watching this film, it, it, the brilliant direction is, is that, unlike, you know, Crimson Tide and The Hunt for Red October or whatever, they don't really communicate the, the, the tiny quarters yeah, the that cramps. you get in Das Boot. Like Das Boot, you can almost feel your shoulders getting squeezed <laughs> just watching <laughs> the movie, right? Like, you know, if, if the, the skill behind directing is to communicate what, you're, what the characters are going through to right. the audience, mm-hmm. it is one of the greatest masterpieces of all time because you are yeah. firmly in their shoes. Agreed. Yeah, and so it's it's an outstanding watch, and uh, I, yeah, everybody should run out and see
1: it. It's based on an actually a really amazing uh, yeah based on a
0: true story, right?
1: Yeah, a journalist went on board the 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 ship or the boat rather, and and took a, uh did uh, wrote an essay, but also took a large number of photographs. So you can actually read this uh, journalist story and see actual pictures of the ship, boat, mm. <laughs> shipboat, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, the I mean, shoat. Yeah, and and as a movie as well, uh, uh, probably an a near perfect ending. I would say mm. spoiler alert: did they kiss okay. at the end. Yeah,
2: don't I'm gonna? I'm totally. I'm still gonna watch it, even though I did not have time to watch it. Yeah, turns out episode. the
1: submarine was all a dream. Oh, oh <laughs> damn it! <laughs> it's, it's a Bob
2: Newhart show. Well, it's
1: underwater. Really, and it portrays the the German sailors as people too, like they're not. No, hard bitten Nazi crazy people. No, they're, they're sailors. Kids, yeah. You know, yeah, trying to survive.
0: Yeah, uh, in theaters now. There's a uh, X Men First Class. Has anybody around mm. the around the room oh, seen yeah. it yet? I did see that. Mm. One. I have. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, okay. the The, the, the submarine plays a pretty major part yes. in that movie. I mean, it's true. I totally forgot about that. That's the secret base the, for our villain, Sebastian Shaw, set in the 1960s. The yeah. And uh, during of course, the
4: Cuban Missile Crisis. During the
0: Cuban Missile Crisis. In yeah. the trailer, you see Magneto like pull it out of the water. So I don't think yeah. you are giving anything away to suggest that there's a that there's a submarine involved in this movie, and it's mm-hmm. a pretty big role player.
1: Yeah, there's a pretty the badass scene. Well, it's probably a bit of a spoiler, but it's moored to the bottom of a ship, and there's a point at which it breaks away from the ship, and the submarine sails away, and it's totally James Bond. Like it's just when you see it happen, it's like. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. yeah. 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 It really is amazing. Yeah, it
4: was pretty good. Oh, I guess I'll just mention briefly the HP Lovecraft story, The Temple. Mm. Okay, what, what happens in that one? Well, there's a German U boat commander and he finds something disturbing. Oh?
0: Okay. I don't I, have, I don't think well, I've read it's that. It's a short story. it's a very short story. Yeah.
1: Doesn't he machine gun he sinks a merchant ship and then there's some boats and he machine guns? the survivors and i believe one of them has a medallion or something
4: yeah you know it's been so
1: long since i've read it yeah. actually that uh all i remember is i believe he has some sort of artifact he takes on board and then the rest of his crew s- start to fall ill and right. die yeah and then he's the last guy and the sub goes deeper and deeper and deeper to its pal- way past its crushed depth and yeah. discovers an underwater sunken city a oh that sounds really good yeah it is it's my favorite uh H.P. Lovecraft story. I even did an illustration for one That's of right. the Thicket's calendars. On the Cyber Cthulhu calendars. Yep. Oh, nice. Nice. I should actually
0: suss this one out.
4: And then we have to talk about the original Star Trek episode, Balance of Terror. Mm,
1: um, starring yep. Mark Leonard as the not-Sarek character. Yeah, as the Romulan character.
2: Now right. I know which one you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I am not going to have
4: anything to say about this, the, this part of the pop culture equation. <laughs> it's uh, basically a science fiction version of the submarine film uh, Run Silent, Run Deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And kind of draws on that and the enemy below as well, casting the Enterprise as, as a surface vessel and the Romulan vessel
2: as a submarine. Right, mm-hmm. with their cloaking device. Yeah, Darren Tootin, oh, brother. That's actually kind of clever. Yeah. Yeah, they pull a little bit of that into Wrath of Khan as well. True. Khan... Yeah. <laughs> so long and silly.